project resume can make your medical coding dreams come true. From resumes to interview skills to navigating a successful career, Project Resume has the advice you need from coders you can trust. See all that we have to offer at projectresume.net. Please make sure to reference Medical Coding Geek when you place your order. Do you need a specialized recruitment partner to send you only qualified candidates? Do you need interim staff while you conduct a search for a permanent employee? Or are you losing hires to competitors? Renowned Talent recruits experienced HIM, RCM, and CDI professionals using their trusted candidate screening and retention process for health systems and employers around the U.S. Whether you have one or multiple openings that you need to fill ASAP, please visit Renowned Talent. And tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. Again, visit RenownTalent, R-E-N-O-W-N, Talent.com, and tell them you heard this ad through the NEC podcast. You are listening. You are listening. You're listening to. Do not to not elsewhere. Not elsewhere. 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 Classified. Welcome to Not Elsewhere Classified, a podcast about the medical coding, health information technology, and clinical documentation improvement community. I'm your host, Brian Kui. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Also Classified podcast. Today's episode, actually, I don't have a guest, so <laughs> uh, it's just going to be me. So since the last episode with Blue Garcia, I actually, uh, it was my birthday last week. And so, of course, I celebrated by going out and eating. And the thing is, uh, five days after my birthday, five, yeah, uh, on the 1st of March is my son's birthday. So it kind of goes back to back in celebrations. So really just two weeks of <laughs> of celebrating and eating uh i just turned 41 and uh my son who has been on the podcast by the way if you guys uh haven't uh, listened before uh, he's been on the podcast before he turned uh 16 so uh i'm getting old <laughs> we'll just leave it at that so let's get to business if you're listening for the first time welcome over 70% of our listeners listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts. So please pick up your Apple device, go to Apple Podcasts, go to our show and leave our show, leave our podcast, a five-star rating and a review. Now, I, I always say that in every episode because your ratings and reviews definitely help out with the rankings. So I know in February alone, I have mentioned this before, we were ranked uh, in the top 30 uh, career podcasts for Apple Podcasts. And since then, we've been growing in, in numbers in terms of our audience. So initially, it used to be 200, 300. Now we're you know going over uh, 400 listeners. And then for every month, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to be transparent in sharing uh, some of the data. We're looking at 2,600 downloads per month. 
So those are great numbers and those are growing numbers. And I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to these podcasts. I know they're increasingly <laughs> getting longer. Uh, and and um, I've mentioned this before where I thought I could come up with one 30-minute episode every week. But again, even if I have one guest, uh, that time from one hour actually goes way over. And then when you include everything, the introductions, uh, all of the ads that help support the podcast, um, it just increases it. So I've been looking at the numbers. It's it's going over an hour each half of an interview. So uh, it, it, just, it just shows that there's a lot of discussion to be had. Uh, to be said, and I appreciate all the guests to uh, appreciate the guests taking their time and, and doing these podcast interviews. Um, what else do I do? Oh yes, uh, social media. So you can check out Medical Coding Geek and the Not Also Classified podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, also, we I am working on wrapping up some cleaning, which I've done for the past two weeks. Uh, of my office so that way I can start doing some YouTube videos. I had a lot of clutter so I recently bought a uh, six-tier uh, bookshelf and the clutter all of a sudden is just starting to clear away. So uh, stay tuned. I said in March. It is March now so I, I will begin to start filming this month. So again, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for Medical Coding Geek. Uh, you can check out our Facebook groups. Uh, you can find it at medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. Uh, I might as well list them here while I am uh, the only person speaking for today. <laughs> uh, you could check out Medical Coding Geeks, the RHIT and RHIA exam support group. You could also check out the CDI network. I also have a not also classified podcast community group. And then I also have a medical coding, HIM, and CDI marketplace. So if you have any books that you are looking to sell or are you looking for books to buy, uh, you could check out that group, all of them on Facebook, but I list them all on uh, medicalcodinggeek.com slash services. And of course, while you're there, if you need a speaker, uh, reach out to me. And if you need somebody to help you out, uh, promote your brand, promote your business uh, to that extent, feel free to reach out to me. Now, I do want to share that um, in terms of speaking events, I know I have uh, I have one in April. I don't have the, 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 the association, <laughs> the local AAPC chapter. Gosh, I think it's in Georgia. Uh, but uh, I will check on that. But I know I have Oakland, California, AAPC. Um, ooh, so I got invited with with uh, the president, the medical mompreneur, Natasha Miller, which, by the way, she was a guest on this podcast. So please check out those two-part episode, that two-part episode. Uh, of course, uh, Tony L. Holmes from the Orlando AAPC chapter, she uh, reached out to me. So again, I will be <laughs> I'll be speaking for that chapter again. Uh, yes, I think I'm working on uh, Savannah, Georgia, which, by the way, I've been there before. It's so beautiful. So uh, I'm working on that. 
And uh, just today, I uh, I guess I, I decided to uh, give the Ahima conference a second chance. So I am planning to submit a proposal uh, to do a co-speaker with uh, a fellow co-speaker, uh, which, by the way, this person has been also on the podcast and we will be doing a presentation together. So uh, for those that don't know, I think you have until March 12th uh, to submit your proposals for uh, the AHIMA. So I will be working on that. And also you could find me. My name is Brian Kui. Last name is spelled C-U-I. I am on LinkedIn. So please check me out there. So today's uh, podcast, what I, well, I'm going to title it. Um, let's talk about let's talk about the CDIP certification. Um, I I posted uh, you know something on LinkedIn. I also posted something on the CDI network on Facebook. Um, but I'm going to stick with LinkedIn because it it, it uh, had a lot of uh, engagement. So. Before I, I, I talk about this, uh, I want to kind of share um, how it all got started. And so uh, I was actually on the Medical Coding Geeks Facebook group. And one of the members asked about, I guess, a comparison between the taking the CRC, which is part of the AAPC, or the CDIP exam, which is part of the AHIMA. Now, um, when I first saw the the question, or I guess the post, my initial thought, the initial question, as me being an interviewer, I, I, I the first thing that came to mind is, what is your experience? Uh, do you qualify uh, for this exam? And and so I posted that. And so I, I went to the Ahima website to kind of like, okay, I guess he's not aware of the of the two-year requirement, uh, at least when I took it. And I went to the Ahima website and I found the eligibility requirements has changed. Now, I, I'm going to read this through um, just for the sake of context. Uh, let's see. Eligibility requirements. Candidates must meet one of the following eligibility requirements to sit for the CDIP exam, uh, hold an associate's degree or higher, or hold a CCS, CCSP, RHIT, or RHIA credential. Now, I remember that in, in the eligibility requirements, you had to have two years minimum clinical documentation, integrity, or improvement back then, uh, experience. And, and so I read down, I'm like, well, where, where's the two-year <laughs> two requirement? And then I read this. While not required, the following are recommended. Uh, first bullet, minimum two years of clinical documentation, integrity experience. It's required. It's not required. But it is recommended. And the second one is an associate's degree or higher in a healthcare or allied healthcare discipline. Number three, completion of coursework in the following 
topics, medical terminology, human anatomy, physiology, pathophysiology, and pharmacology. Now, when I read that, I'm, I, I was, I was kind of shocked because, <laughs> because I don't remember this change ever happening uh, or seeing any heads up, like, hey, here, here's a heads up. We're going to make some changes. Uh, normally, now here's the thing with the, with the RHIT and the RHIA and the CCS, you know, I, I keep an eye on things with my Facebook groups. And so I know, you know, especially with the RHIT and the RHIA and the CCS that there's changes being made to the exam. Now with a CDI network, I, I don't see much activity. So maybe I missed it or maybe it was just never announced at all. I, I don't know. So I, I, to me, as somebody who is a CDIP, I have the credential. So uh, that's why I, as a CDIP credential holder, this kind of, kind of, I don't know, it just, I don't know, it just surprised me because, you know, I had to take, I I had to have that requirement of the two years in order to take the exam. Now, I took the exam back in either two, I, have to, I don't even have my certificate with me. It's either 2015 or 2016. I know it was in October because, um, it was uh, the same month as my daughter's birthday, <laughs> and so when we celebrated, when I finished the exam, I, I always say, you know, I always remember the first thing I eat when I pass the certification exam. The place that we went was Benihana's, and then we were celebrating uh, my daughter's birthday. So it was October, either 2015 or 2016. Anyways, um, I had, so I, 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 I know I had nine years of experience, so I, I definitely met the requirement for the exam. So, and, and then also another thing that, um, that also comes to mind is, uh, Brian Simpson, uh, which I did a podcast with him. He also had, uh, to deal with that two year requirement as well. So all of this, this change here to remove the requirement and make it a recommendation, just a recommendation, makes me curious as to why this change was made. So anyways, I, I posted um, I posted the a screenshot of the eligibility requirements that I just read to you on uh, the CDI network. And also on my LinkedIn profile, which I will post the the actual uh, link uh, when you guys check out this podcast episode. And so it asked the question. I asked the question: Can we talk about why and when? Because I didn't know when this happened. Ahima removed the two-year requirement for the CDIP certification. Because in in my head, I, I I didn't know how to process that. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Uh, what does this do for the industry? What does this do um, for those trying to get into CDI? Now, I, I'm going to try and read some of these uh, comments and maybe give my feedback on what I think. Maybe that's the best way of doing this podcast episode. 
So the first comment that I see here is I don't necessarily see how it is a bad idea because what constitutes as CDI experience? That's a good question. So um, when when I used to, t- I mean, I still do. When I, I, I always mentor people who are trying to get into CDI. And one of the concerns initially, this is the reason why it, it um it shocked me with this change is because everybody who was trying to take the CDIP exam was aware of this two-year requirement. And um, I would tell them this. I said, look, you don't necessarily have to have, at least in, in my opinion, you don't have to have CDI specialist as your title. I would think that if you perform CDI job duties, even though you don't have the title, maybe you might have coder as a title, maybe you might have something else, physician advisor as a title, um, you are in a way, if you are placing queries for documentation to physicians, uh, educating physicians about their documentation, um, I would think that would constitute as CDI experience. And if you do it over the span of two years and you can get it justified by your employer or get it justified by your manager or supervisor, I think you're good. And so I would tell people that I say, yeah, as long as you as long as you have well documented um, job duties that are CDI job duties, then by all means, count that part of count that as part of your two years. Because um, when I took the test, or not when I took the test, when I was preparing for the exam, the one thing that helped me was in studying is taking all the things that I was studying and, 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 and kind of, kind of relating it into what I did as a CDI specialist since uh, 2006. And so that helped me a lot. And that will help at least in preparation for the CDIP exam. Um, so we also have a comment here. Uh, I would question the removal of the requirement. A certification should mean more than an individual can study and take a test. It should communicate the competence in role in a role, meaning you have to have some experience. And, and I, I I agree with that statement. Also, you know, it is it is not required, but it is recommended. So it would be different if it was just not required and then just. Uh, not recommended. So they are by you know Ahima is covering themselves <laughs> by saying it is recommended. So they still list it, but it's not required. I mean anybody can now take the CDIP exam, but it is recommended that you have that two year experience because as I mentioned before, I mean when you're preparing and you see all of these terms and you don't know what it looks like in the real uh, in the real world. As a CDI specialist, you're going to struggle. So then I'm going to go down this thread. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. I think that a minimum of two years experience is required to understand even really how to begin to put together a general working knowledge about CDI. I agree. Speaking from a nurse's perspective, it is a completely different way of thinking. 
And I just think that certification should be the gold standard. You know, that's what I thought. When you think of CDIP, the practitioner, you are practicing. You are practicing CDI. That's what the credential is. You are a CDI practitioner. It does not make sense to title CDIP being a practitioner if you take the exam with no experience. So, I mean, Ahima, you got to wake up here because, you know, why did you title it that way? Why did you initially have two years on and then just automatically remove it? I mean, I'm, I, I, I guess I can see it from those who don't have experience trying to get in the CDI realm. But then, you know, Ahima called it, the, whoever the committee was for this exam, this certification, they called it the CDI, Clinical Documentation, I guess back then, Improvement Practitioner, which means you have to have practicing knowledge of, the, of CDI. And of course, that would require experience. It makes me very nervous when they start to lower the bar. That's, that's uh, one of the concerns here is lowering the bar. Taking a test after three months means, well, at least for me, it took me four months (laughs) to prepare because I always milk the time. Uh, Taking a test after three to four months means you can memorize or you are a very good test taker. There is no way that anyone can understand the process in that short time. There's too much. Yeah, I agree. There's too much information. So um, I agree. Too much information to prepare. I mean, four months, I spent four months, but I backed it up with nine years of experience. And and even so, I was questioning myself. Please take a moment and hear a word from our partners. The Haugen Consulting Group offers healthcare consulting, education, and auditing services utilizing a team of industry experts specializing in leadership, project management, and assessments for HIM and patient access. Their auditors and educators are experts in facility and professional fee coding and offer education for ICD-10-CM, PCS, CPT, HIM, patient access, and revenue cycle. The Haugen Consulting Group is thrilled to be a partner with MedicalCodingGeek.com and the Not Also Classified podcast. Go to thehaugengroup.com slash shop and use promo code GEEK15 at checkout to receive a discount on webinars and desk aids. Again, go to thehaugengroup, H-A-U-G-E-N group.com slash shop and use our promo code GEEK, G-E-E-K-1-5 at checkout. Looking for a convenient, cost-effective solution for interventional radiology coding training? Check out Cracking the IR Code, Mastering Interventional Radiology and Cardiology Coding Online Education, created by interventional radiology coding expert Stacy Buck of RadRx. This comprehensive online training offers access to content for one year, Q&A support available during your one-year enrollment period, hundreds of coding scenarios, and actual operative reports. What are you waiting for? It's time to earn that specialty credential. Go to RadRx for additional testimonials and information and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing. Again, go to RadRx and use our promo code GEEK10 for special pricing.
Now, initially, this podcast episode was supposed to be a video. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think I want to make the video really break down what the CDI credentials are. So I'm going to save it for that. Because um, the domains, I want to talk about my experience about taking the test. Um, especially the domain on leadership. I, I have some 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 thoughts on, on all of that. Because you can see leadership, especially with the RHIA exam and the CDIP. And 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 when I do presentations, I uh, back then I related the RHIA taking the CDIP as if it, if to me, because I am also an RHIA, it felt like an RHIA, but for CDIP, uh, CDI credentials, CDI specialists. And so we, I'm scrolling down here, and then I see some comments say, you know, I'll just stick with, you know, Actus and the CCDS credentials. So speaking of CC, the Actus and and CCDS, uh, CCDS being the Certified Clinical Documentation Specialist credential. When when um when I was seeking out to get a credential in CDI because uh, Actus was, uh, as I mentioned in in Brian uh, Murphy's uh, episode. Yeah, I pretty much told them. Even though, I, even though I am a AHIMA member, I was waiting for Ahima to jump on, on this CDI thing and come up with resources and etc. and a credential, because and I told him, I said, look, um, I, I'm I'm not interested in paying two associate <laughs> two association fees and. Uh, I was really holding out for the you know the, the Ahima to come out with a CDI CDI credential. So, anyways, I, I did. Um, I actually have the CCDS study guide. I was preparing for the CCDS. I actually have. I used the study guide to help me prepare for the CDIP, right? And and also the requirements for the CCDS is also two years. So. But, you know, with, with this change from AHIMA, you don't see that happening with um, with uh, with ACTUS, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity uh, Specialists. So I guess a question that comes up to mind is, will I go to ACTUS because of all of this with the CDIP? You know, the, the answer right away is no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Um, I mean, I have 12 years experience. I have my CDIP credential. Um, am I worried about, I, I guess the word I'm going to get to this is the prestige, losing the prestige of having a CDIP credential. Yes, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about it because now it's it is not shiny anymore uh, because of this requirement. Now, um, because I had to take the the exam with the requirement and now we are allowing people with with uh without two years to take the exam now is that a bad thing for those that don't have the two years of course not it's 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 great news for people who don't have experience but i'm going to get to a point in a second but what about those who had to adhere to the two-year requirement do we get a shiny medal for that now? <laughs> you know, do I get a CDIP plus because, uh, you know, I, I adhere to it and everybody else just gets a CDIP or maybe you guys become, you know, like like a like a like AAPC. Do you put like an apprentice 
status to your CDIP, and then after you know doing the certain amount of years, you get that you know that apprentice um, status removed. I mean, I, I don't know. And then you hear also, which which I haven't got into talking about much, is the is the micro credentialing. That's another story. I'll just I'll just leave it off at that. But um, yeah, I I feel I don't feel like my at least for me. I'm not worried about getting a job, the next job, whatever it may be in CDI, because I know I can get it. I know, I know <clears throat> that even though I have a CDIP, I can promote myself in showing that I know about CDI. And I think that's what matters. I even wrote it down on my big board for me to say this. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, I'm trying to re- <laughs> read this facing backwards. The credential does not make you who you are. It's what you put into the credential and even the association. It's what you, it's how you make it work for you. It's how you make it work for you in the matter, in the, in the instance that you need to um, promote yourself for a job interview, uh, a business opportunity, whatever it may be. So when I see discussion about, oh, I'm going to jump ship and uh, go to Actis and get the CCDS, okay, you can jump ship. <laughs> you could leave the CDIP. I see comments about uh, letting the CDIP lapse. I mean, that's your prerogative, right? That's if you want to do that, by all means. But the one who's really hurting, though, is, is Ahima. That's that's what I'm I'm wondering. So... Uh, let's see some more comments here. Here we go. I am sure the requirements were updated to gain more candidates. It's like if you were selling a product, but no one could purchase it due to the cost. They simply changed the requirements to gain more candidates. I see that. Yes, I agree. Um, being as a business move versus an industry move. So when you think of business, then you think of money. So maybe there's something a little bit more uh, to consider here that's not being said (laughs) on Ahima's part. So that's something to think about. Here's another comment. My initial reaction was that this credentials are potentially, sorry, potentially watered down with allowing those with no experience to sit for the exam. Uh, I guess it's a repeat. People are good test takers, yet may be able to apply their credentials in the real world. If I had earned the CDIP credential, I would not be thrilled with Ahima's decision to move in this very direction to allow just anyone to sit for the exam, despite the recommendation that people have two years practical practical CDI experience interested, despite recommendation that people have two years practical CDI experience. I mean, as I, as I mentioned before, I it just kind of took me back. I'm like, what's going on here? Here's a different perspective. Uh, any other certification, specifically those in nursing credentialed by the American Nurses Credentialing Center, required two years experience in order to sit for the exam. I think it is very important to keep that requirement. It shows true competence in the field for which you are testing. Uh, here's here's the one that I want us to uh, point out. Um, this has to do with pass rates. Now, uh, while some have noted a decrease 
and certification requirements afford more people the opportunity to qualify to take the exam, and thus more workers would have credentials to work in in that specialty. A short-term gain may not be favorable over the long term because of saturation. I agree. So if you saturate the the industry with more credentialed professionals, um, I think for those that get credentialed without experience, they'll have a more difficult time getting a job. Now, let me give you an example. There's there's another post on LinkedIn, which which I wish I maybe I have time for that. But anyways, <laughs> I wanted to talk about it, too. Um, there was a post uh, of somebody who has a CCS um, just posting, you know, I guess, venting out on LinkedIn saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm beyond depressed. I'm actually mad because, um, you know, I have my CCS, but I can't get a coding a coding job. And so when I look at the um, when I look at the profile, uh, this person is a medical transcriptionist and uh, I guess obtained her CCS and, you know, nine months in still can't find a job. So um, that's what I'm probably going to see with the CDIP credential. There's going to be um, an influx. What I initially thought there's going to be an influx of um, test takers. You know, it's it's kind of like an enticement. Like, oh, look, we, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have that two year requirement. And it's also the same thing with um, with the RHIA when they, I don't know if it's still in effect, but they were dangling the idea that oh, you don't have to have a bachelor's in HIM um, to get the RHIA to transfer to that. I mean, you maybe have to have some form of HIM experience, but. Uh, for those that are RHIT, they could trans, 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 transition very easily if they have any kind of bachelor's to get their RHIA. So um, I see this move very similar uh, happening with the CDIP. So here's a good question that was asked. So I asked, does a decrease in requirement water down the value of the credential in the long term? Yes. When the marketplace can choose from a pool of 100 qualified candidates, what distinguishes one individual from another? So what this person is saying is that, you know, everybody could be credentialed. But then when they interview the true, I guess, uh, the true qualified candidate will reveal themselves. So, again, it comes to it goes back to me saying so you could be credentialed. But it's what you put into, what you bring out from the credential that totally matters. Let's see. I'm going to continue here with this post. Uh, one purpose of the credential, especially a HEMA certifications, is to set the individual apart ahead in the healthcare arena, not go back, <laughs> which I agree. Is this move by a HEMA, the board or whoever it may be, uh, valuable for HIM now in the future without purpose, objective mission from a HEMA, it could get hard to judge. But I can certainly say more transparency from a HEMA. Yes, please. Does the board governing body publish their activities? Yeah, I would like to see that. And here's the pass rate. So one more. The pass rate, while low for some credentials shows a shows a change in reporting from 2017 to 2018 and 2019 um well i'm not going to read that but i'm going to i'm going to actually when you go to the uh the website the ahima.org 
and you go to certifications, you go to CDIP, you go to eligibility requirements. When you scroll down, you actually see some of the pass rates. So I'm going to share some of the pass rates with you now. So on the website, they only revealed like two years. So 2018, 2018, the pass rate was uh, 76%, right? And then in 2019, it actually, whoa, it, it, in 2019, it actually lowered down to 70%. So they haven't released what 2020 was. So I'm, I'm assuming that there's not enough CDIP. So like, so to give you a rough number of how many people took the exam, it's about 250 to 300. I mean, it, sh- it shows you on the website. So 250 to 300 people um, take the exam annually from 2018, 2019. So I don't, they don't have any data on 2020, but I'm going to guess that that number is lower than 200, maybe even less than that, considering, you know, the pandemic. And then because of that, that probably affected the, um, the passing rate. So in speaking of the passing rate, so if here's here's my here's my rationale or here's my thought process in breaking it down. If a HEMA is lowering the requirement, how do, how will that affect the pass rate? Right? So if this was very recent, especially within this year, I am very curious what the pass rate is for the CDIP exam for the year of 2021. So when I look at data for 2021, I'm going to expect that the number of test takers is going to increase. Now, I have not heard any changes, you know, on social media, um, especially I haven't heard any changes in email Um about any changes to the exam made, you know, I hear beta exam, I hear it a lot in the RHIA, RHIT side, CCS, but not the CDIP exam. <clears throat> so I'm very curious on that. So here's the thing. If they did not make the ch- any changes to the exam, and the pass rate as of 2019 is 70%, right? So if you if somebody with no experience no CDI experience. <laughs> no CDI experience takes this exam um, with a seventy percent pass rate. I'm thinking the pass rate is just gonna go down. So you're gonna have more test takers, Ahima taking all of those application fees, <laughs> right? And then you're gonna have a lowered pass rate. And so my concern is. Again, the the P word, prestige. Where's the prestige of this of this uh, credential headed toward? Is it going to go down? Is it going to go up? So again, it's just it's just a it's just you know my my guess as to what's going to happen. Hey, so we could always look at the look at this um, you know the the look at the glass as full, half full, seventy um, percent full. <laughs> Um, in where maybe you have a lot of test takers that are great test takers and, um, you know, it bumps up the pass rate. I don't know. You know, we don't, I can't make any assumptions without data. And so of course, 2020 has just begun. Uh, we don't have any, you know, I don't have any data, at least on the website doesn't show, uh, for 2020. So I'm very curious of this change. So let's continue here.
Here's here's one. I think it's more in favor of it, and and I want to. I really want to touch on people who favor this move. I think it's a great move on Ahima's part. <clears throat> there are people who sit every day for the CC exam, CCS exam, and pass. However, they have no on-the-job coding experience. But as I mentioned before, if they have no on-the-job coding experience, even if they get the CCS, if they pass it. You know, it's going to be, I mean, it's just as difficult without having the experience. Does it make sense? But then, of course, it gets to the question of how, you know, how do I get experience even though I don't have it? I mean, I, I've always promoted that, um, that you have to do more. <laughs> you have to do more than just apply. Uh, you really have to get noticed. And, and you have to have the right attitude. So those are things that I can talk offhand on a YouTube YouTube video. Now he, here's a here's a great um here's a great comment. I could argue both sides of this. This I guess it's the same thing that I, I look at this. I want to argue it on both sides. I previously served um as a CCHIIM CCHIIM commissioner uh for Ahima and I know how much thought and effort goes into a, a decision like this with all of these points considered, on one hand, they may diminish the credibility of the credential by opening it up to people who don't have experience yet pass the exam. On the other hand, a job description would, would should require the number of years experience requirement for the applicant. Therefore, a CDIP credential with one year experience is not going to necessarily be more qualified than a, uh, I'm sorry, be more qualified than be more qualified for a job than a CDIP with three years experience. I think I'm leaning, leaning toward agreeing with Ahima's decision on this one. So I guess she's speaking more on those that have one year um, CDIP, CDI experience. Um, I actually shared this with one of my uh, colleagues who is an RN, got hired with no credential. <laughs> got hired so it is possible it i'm serious it is possible uh at least for rn he's an rn though uh to get a cdi with with no credential aside from just the rn that he has so for rns i agree it's much easier um versus a uh uh you know him coding but um you know i i told my colleague i mean i, I help everybody out you know you, you have to know me that way and so with this colleague, I said, I actually forward this to him. And I said, hey, look, um, you, quali- <laughs> you qualify for the CDIP exam. And, um, you know, if it was me, right, if it was me, if I was an RN, right, and, and I got that job and I was brought, to, you know, brought this opportunity to take the CDIP exam, um, I'd wait. <laughs> That's what I did. That's what I did. So when when the CDIP exam was released, I I think I was like four or five years in. Even with four or five years experience, I felt like I was not ready for this exam. Number one, because they didn't have a study guide. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst thing. That's the thing that um that had happened. I was I, I I'm not gonna be that guinea pig. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be that test rat who takes that test, uh, in, in the, in the testing mode. So I, I, I like to wait to see 
uh, I, I like feedback, you know, of other people who have taken it and give me feedback so I could use it and I could use that feedback to prepare for the exam. So, you know, like, again, it comes down to, are you a good test taker? So <clears throat> case example, uh, when I was a CDI, my manager uh, or supervisor, or whatever, uh, I think she had, well, yeah, she has like six months more of experience <clears throat> in CDI, uh, but she failed the CDIP exam. So, you know, one thing that she did tell me is that, you know, she wasn't a very good test taker. Well, okay. So, you know, there's a lot of variabilities when you look at this. Are you a good test taker with zero experience? Can you retain all of the term and definition enough for you to pass the exam? Maybe so. Or maybe you could be ex an experienced CDI and a bad test taker and fail. So um, I don't know how, how all of this uh, comes into play. So I, I, again, I, the last comment that I see here, I believe this was a ge revenue generating move. I am glad I went with the CCDS. And so uh, you, know, you see a lot of mix, mixed um, credential, association credentials. You have both a HEMA and um, AAPC, both a HEMA and Agdis, whatever it may be. Um, Again, I mean, would I would I go for another association to, you know, to get another exam? <laughs> I, I don't think so. So I'm 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 keeping my CDIP. I'm going to cherish my CDIP uh, because if you stand me with another CDIP, th there's going to be a noticeable difference, right? You can have two CDIPs, you know, standing next to it, one another. I have about 13, one, no, 12, 15 years experience now. Gosh, I keep on saying 12. <clears throat> so 12, I've been, you know, now three years out since moving out here. So 15 years, right? Uh, 15 years in CDI uh, and and denials. <laughs> so uh, would you stand with somebody who has zero experience in the CDIP? Uh, I think it, it has to come down, regardless of credential, it's going to come down to the candidate pool, okay, and and the interview process and how they perform. Now, here's the thing. You could have somebody who's credentialed, zero experience, and they do awesome in the, in the interview. You know, they wow them with their knowledge. I, I think more or less with their potential, uh, that's something that I like to see, you know, somebody's credentials, you know, limited experience, but potential and right attitude. That's somebody I would also hire. So, you know, it's tough, you know, when you compare that, but, you know, just speaking to credential people, you look at it at face value on paper, somebody with more experience, somebody with less experience, credential, who are you going to choose? So I think that's about it. So, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on the CDIP credential? I mean, I, I share with you my thoughts. Um, if you want to visit the thread that I posted on LinkedIn, uh, again, you could always look me up on LinkedIn, Brian Kui. My last name is spelled C-U-I. Uh, if you go to my profile and you go to my activity and then you go to my post and you scroll down to, when did I post this? Uh, a week ago. Um you'll find it. And so I'll also post this into the uh, podcast notes so that way you can refer to it. 
and then check it out. So I, I'm very curious. What do you think about this change? Is it good? Is it bad? Do you lose prestige? Is this a money-making move? Are you going to jump ship from Ahima to Actis to get the CCDS? What are, what are your thoughts? And that's what I'm very curious about. So anyways, that, is, that ends my uh, episode for this week. Uh, next week, I promise, I have a guest or guests, uh, two people on. Uh, for the next episode so again thank you guys for listening again uh, check us out on all uh, all podcast platforms including apple uh, spotify everywhere leave us a rating and review check us out on social media check us out our facebook groups and uh, check me out on linkedin so thank you guys for listening and i'll see you guys next time Medicalcodinggeek.com